Today's video is brought to you by StoryboardThat.com. Please visit TeacherCast.net slash StoryboardThat for a limited time offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 68th episode of the Tech Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury from TeacherCast.net. Thank you all so much for being here. We have a great show. Tonight, we're talking all about presentations. We're going to talk about PowerPoint, Keynote, Google Slides, Prezi, and some of those that you might not even know about. Today, we have challenged our co-host to teach you how to use each of these great tools. So we're going to go around the, around the horn here. We're going to show you how to use PowerPoint, how to import slides, how to create slides, how to do pictures, how to do videos. And we're going to show you that with all the different apps. And then I've challenged them even further. I've said, show us how you can teach your kids how to do this stuff and also teach us some of the great things that are going to be happening with these things that maybe these other programs can't do. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are your weekly webinar. We're, of course, here every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. You can find us on techeducatorpodcast.com where we have all of our episodes. We, of course, had a great time last week talking about Evernote. We have 11 amazing episodes that popped out of last week talking all about Evernote. And I want to share with you one brand new feature that's coming to TeacherCast. People keep asking us, Jeff, where can we go to find out some of the great equipment that you're doing? Recently, I had a group bring me in to do a whole demonstration on video conferencing and video recording. And they said, where do we go to find great microphones? I said, I have an idea for you. It is the brand new TeacherCast shop. So if you go to shop.teachercast.net, we are currently in the middle of building it, but it's about 85% done right now. But if you're looking to purchase anything for your classroom from some of these great books over here to, you know, the Connected Educator series from Corwin to MacBooks to iPhone, to cables, to microphones, to anything that you possibly would want, we have it here. For instance, if I click over here on the book section, we've got our Corwin books. We've got some great books from Eric Scheniger and from Angela Myers, Vicki Davis, some of your favorite, favorite authors. All can be found here over at shop dot teachercast.net and of course all proceeds uh go you know it, it's basically an Amazon store that you can click through on TeacherCast. And if you do it that way, I promise you it'll help out our podcast and help TeacherCast out a little bit. So as we're moving forward here into the holiday season, think about TeacherCast and think about shopping on Amazon through TeacherCast. And I think we're even going to be having some TeacherCast t-shirts coming up. So check that out. We have a big show today. I want to bring on one of our co-hosts, Mr. David Saunders. David, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's Sunday night. It's 7 o'clock. I'm ready to roll. And here I am at school. And it's just getting dark. That is awesome. Educators that are at school on a Sunday night, especially right now at 7 o'clock when Once Upon a Time Season 4 is starting off. David, talk to us a little bit about what you're going to be showing tonight. I'm going to be talking about Google Slides, Google Presentations, and uh, talking about why I think it is, for most reasons, the optimum choice for tools in uh, slide presentations. Ooh, ooh. 
Let's see what we have here. Josh, let me bring you to the show. Tell us what you are going to be demonstrating tonight for us. Well, an oldie but goodie, I'm bringing PowerPoint back. And sorry, David, but I, I think PowerPoint still the class of the presentation game. Ooh, I, I hear some fighting words out here. Uh, Sam, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be demonstrating today? Well, I'm going to be using a tool that was built, I believe, in this century. <laughs> oh, uh, called a haiku deck and you can actually do all of the creation in it on an iPad fully functional on an iPad and even do photo research easily on an iPad and it finds Creative Commons sourced images for you so I'm pretty sure it's going to school all y'all well, I, I got to tell you, I'm going to be showing off Apple's Keynote, which is, of course, the the app of choice when Apple is doing their keynotes. And, and I got to show you why, even though I'm a big Google fan and I love Haiku Deck and, and I, I even have a ton of stuff on PowerPoint, why Keynote is just going to school all of you guys and why it's the best presentation tool out there. David, you got to agree with me. Keynote is, is so much better than everything else, don't you think? I would disagree, although I might put it in second place. I think you're going to be wrong, man. So tell you what, if you're out there watching us live, you know, it's up to you guys to vote on which is your favorite slides. David, I got to go to you. Tell us a little bit about some of the great stuff that Google Slides offers. Sure. Uh, I would say, well, first of all, we are a Google Apps for Education school. And so for us, that first uh, benefit of using Google Slides is the fact that we don't need students to have an extra login. They don't need a Haiku Deck account. They don't need anything else. They can simply, from their Gmail, uh, go to the apps icon and pull up slides. You know, and so from there, it's it's an, it's a really easy, uh, seamless transition for them to go from the concept of creating a presentation, actually making a presentation. And so for us, that's huge, especially because we're working with younger students. Um, but beyond that, I would say the benefits of using slides are manifest. I think uh, I will show, if it's all right, I'm going to do uh, a screen share here um, because I'm actually in the middle right now of creating a book talk for tomorrow for the fifth grade here uh, at school. We have a, a author visit coming and, and the most recent book that he's going to be talking about is Gabriel Finley and the Raven's Riddle. And so I'm doing a book talk tomorrow morning to the entire fifth grade. And when I thought about creating a presentation, yeah, I knew I could do Haiku Deck. I know I could use PowerPoint if I really wanted to. I could open up my keynote, which I haven't opened up probably in three years now if I wanted to. But for me, Google Presentation has everything that I need in it. Uh, I have the ability to bring in graphics, whether those are photographs that I have found on Google Image Search or if they're vector images that I've created on some program like Adobe Illustrator. I can embed YouTube videos. Uh, I can create transitions and animations. I can do all of those things and still have the ability to share it out with other people, to have them collaborate with me on this process. Our middle school librarian right now is out. She's, she's not feeling well. And so I have passed this presentation on to her to say, hey, what do you think? of this presentation. I would love your feedback because she is the librarian who most normally works with this age group. And so, you know, here we go. Like if I'm thinking about creating a new slide, like it's really easy. I simply go up here and I click the plus button and all of a sudden I've got a new slide. Hey, there you go. And I can add images in 
very easily, either by URL. I could do a, a search straight within my, uh, my, my, uh, my Google search engine. I can pull, pull up stock images. Uh, but also, the thing that I think is really cool is the fact that I can, from Illustrator, uh, I can, and I know you can't see this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch out for a moment so that you can see this. Okay, so here's a Raven image uh, that I've been using because it's Gabriel Finley and the Raven Drill. I've created this image, right, from a photograph, and now what, I'm, what I want to do is, you know, I could go through the process of saving this to my desktop or maybe copying and pasting it into uh, uh, Photoshop and saving with the transparent background as a PNG. I could do all of that, but I don't need to. I can actually just copy this, Control-C or, or Command-C, and then I can just paste it, Control-V or, or uh, Command-V, right into uh, my presentation. And so it saves me some steps. It gives me the ability to uh, customize the look, the feel, the style of my presentation in a way that I think is really wonderful. And so, you know, here's that image right there. I just I didn't do anything other than I created an Illustrator and then I copied it and then I pasted it in and then once it's in Illustrator or once it's in a presentation, I can resize it however I want to. I can change the color of it. I can rotate it. I can do all these things. I'm not limited uh, in terms of what my graphics are uh, when I'm looking at Google presentation. Uh, in addition, I have the ability to add you know, different types of uh, animations and uh, transitions in presentation and probably very similar to the ones that are in PowerPoint uh, but you know for those who think that Google presentations are kind of PowerPoint light I think in fact many of the features are quite as robust as they are in PowerPoint and so I can make this entire presentation uh, flow with fades and slides and spins I can have text come in and out I can create multiple animations on any given page um, and so you know, at the end of the day, here's my embedded video that I can show them. I'm, we're talking about how intelligent ravens are and why they were going to be, why they're being used in, as the sort of the, the, the focus of this novel. Uh, it's because they're so intelligent. And so I have some examples in here, but then I have this really cool video that I wanted to share with them of a raven given a unique problem, and it was able to solve that problem without really any trial or error. And so I have a link to a study that talks about how ravens are unique in their ability to reason through using logic in their minds before they actually physically try and solve the problem, which is pretty amazing. And so then from there, I'm going to go into you know a, a book review or a book talk of this book. And so for me, Google presentations are incredible. And when I use them in class, we use them not simply as a way of you know, here I am, I'm creating a presentation to share out so I can talk at you for 15 minutes. But we create them collaboratively and students will share slides, they'll work uh, on a group project together, they'll edit each other's work. The fact that we have uh, revision history in Google presentation is amazing so we can go back and see who did what and at what time did they do it so that we can have some, uh, some accountability. But also if there's ever an issue, things get lost, things get misplaced, we have the ability to go back and restore any of the uh, versions of this file by simply going to revision history and then choosing uh, which version we want to restore.
right? And so, I don't know, I, I think when I look at PowerPoint, I look at Keynote, I look at Haiku Deck, they're all great tools, but I'm going to say that the blue ribbon first place honors in my book goes to Google Presentations. You know, you make a good argument here, but we have some questions coming in here because they just don't seem to believe you. I think they're more siding with the stuff that we're going to be talking about. Does this give you the ability to use speaker notes? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, down here at the bottom, you can – so let's – I'm going to pull out here from this. When I present, I have the ability to present with speaker notes. And so down at the bottom, when I'm in edit mode, I have the ability to add – Notes, so please remember to talk about the book, right? And so I have the option when I'm getting ready to present that to either present it or present it with speaker notes. But I could also present it in a new window, which is, you know, which is sort of a really great thing when you're going back and forth between tabs or between windows uh, in a presentation and you don't want to give away what's coming up in your slide navigator here. I hate it when I can see ahead it ruins the surprise for me. So when you present it in a new window, you can just minimize and maximize that window down into the dock and then do all of your uh, your web navigating in a separate window so it doesn't give away what's coming up uh, in your presentation. Can you talk a little bit about the ways that you can incorporate Google Slides onto a website? Onto a website, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, if you're using, uh, of course, you know, the Google Apps suite uh, is pretty sweet because everything works so nicely together. Uh, and so if you're using a Google uh, site, it's really just a matter of uh, insert presentation. It really is very, very simple to do it that way. Um, if you're talking about trying to insert it uh, other than that, uh, there you can do a couple of things. You can publish it to the web. And if I do that, it's going to ask me, you know, it's going to uh, publish it to a, to, uh, it's going to give me a URL that I can then uh, publish and link to on a separate website. Um, I also have the ability to download it as um, Microsoft PowerPoint, PDF document, PNG, JPEG, plain text. So and when I'm looking at sort of an external website and I want to embed this presentation, I have a lot of different ways that I can do that, either as simple images in, in a collection of, of slides as a PDF that you can scroll through page by page, or you can download it as a, uh, as a live uh, presentation. And from there, you can either have it autoplay, auto advanced slides, you know, every minute, every second. Um, and then, uh, you know, so you have some, some options here, and then you can hit the embed code. And D- you can choose what size embedding code you want for that. And then once you hit publish, it's going to give you the link for how you can then attach it to your site. I noticed that your slides there are all 16 by 9 or widescreen. Can you show us how to get to that view or how to switch it back and forth between uh, 16 by 9 and 4.3? Uh, yeah, I think so. I never, ever change it. So that actually is a question that I don't know off the top of my head because I, I have set it to always be. David, I think you're going to find it under File, and then I think there's a page setup. All right, there you go. Boom. Oh, look at that. Yep. Okay, so page setup, standard, widescreen, widescreen 1610, and then custom. I don't know why I would use custom, but there it is. Uh, You would use custom if you were going to be using this in a custom format. Hmm. All right, that's why we have you on the show, for those insights. 
Uh, there's a question here about video and, and movable. Can you put an animated GIF onto your presentation? You can, absolutely. I do it uh, fairly often. The way that you would need to do it uh, is either, um, because when you add an image, so here, let me go back. Let me X out of this for a minute. Uh, so here, I can add an image, and if, uh, let's say I'm here at, uh, I'm going to go to, let's say, Giphy.com, right? Uh, and I pull up Giphy.com, and, you know, here's, here's this image here of a football player. I can copy that URL. And then I can go back here and I can paste that URL in. Oh, can't seem to find it. Great, perfect. Um, copy URL. Let's try it this way. I do this all the time. Let's see what happens here. Boom, there it is. All right. And then it will load uh, that animated GIF in there that way. But the other way you could do it is you can add, if you save, if you, you know, were to save this image to your computer, you could upload it. Um, as an animated GIF in the same way that you'd upload anything that were not animated. So it seems like Google Slides offers an awful lot for an educator to use. It seems like, you know, especially if your school is using Google Apps for education, it seems like it's a no-brainer. However, I do want to tell you, David, that Josh over here has got some pretty neat things to talk about when it comes to another uh, uh, popular presentation tool. Josh, talk to us a little bit about Microsoft PowerPoint. Yeah, and I can almost hear the boos coming from out there in the Twitterverse about PowerPoint. And I think it gets a bad rap. You know, people will look at the fact that it has a cost attached to it. You mean like Vanilla Ice? That's some bad rap. Oh, and boo, boo. Bam, stop. Come on, come on. All right. We, We, I think, need to understand that PowerPoint is the standard. And the fact is that there's over a billion people that use Office. And I did I just see the Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> Keep going. I'm just I'm still, trying I'm still to distract me over here. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, but um, over 90% of businesses, or about 90% of the businesses, use Microsoft Office. So if we, as as educators, if our mission is to get students ready for you know life after school and and preparing for the world of work, which some people may say is what we do in education, others may disagree. Uh, that is the standard, and I think they need to understand it, and that's why I think it's great. But here's the angle I'll take. Okay, so I'll give David some of those pieces of of the Google Slides experience. But there's one thing that I can tell you that bugs the Microsoft people about Google Slides that will make them tough converts. It's free. And if you wanted to have a super-powered multimedia presentation, uh, good luck adding audio to your Google Slides. But you can do that. In PowerPoint. So, going to go ahead and screen share here. All right. So, am I live? Do we see this hello world here? Yep. So, PowerPoint has the juggernaut of options here. There's no shortage of things you can do. So, if you want to make a very complex presentation, this is the tool to use it. This is out of the kiddie pool now uh, and into the ocean. Okay. This is serious presentations. Uh, like in Google Slides, you can add new slides really easily on the Home tab. Uh, these tabs are really neatly organized and you can see the options that you have right away instead of just looking at a drop-down and it kind of being a crapshoot what you're going to see and what you're going to get. You kind of have to know what you're looking for. In addition, as far as design is concerned, there are far more pre-made design templates and I know 
Mr. At Design Saunders would probably just make his own. Uh, but if you're looking to get started quickly, Microsoft has a lot more and, in my opinion, a lot better looking ones. And in addition, you can also go online and look for a bunch yourself as well through the Browse Themes menu. Uh, so there's a lot of options there too. You have a lot more control in the colors and you can create your own theme colors. So I know, David, you love doing that kind of stuff. It seems to me this is a better tool for that. But let me get to the main event, what I was talking about, and that is adding sound. Uh, you might find that in Google Slides you can't do this. You, there's, you can't add a sound to have it play throughout your presentation. But in PowerPoint you can. Go to the Insert tab, go over to Audio, and I'm going to go ahead and click Audio from File. And in my music section here, please don't pay attention to the Miley Cyrus one. Let me go ahead and insert that. That was for a project. I I sang a parody of Wrecking Ball to a class once. That's the that, we have a video of that that we could embed somewhere. You know, I video or it didn't happen. I asked students to videotape it. Many did. I never got the photographic proof though. So. That one will be lost to history. <laughs> All right, now that I have my audio in here, it'll play. You probably can't hear that very well through my system, could you? No, we can hear it. You can hear it? How about that? All right, so we have music. We have sound. And then we have to do a couple things here to make sure it goes throughout. We'd have to go in to our click on our volume we get contextual tabs that we can that just deal with the audio tools and that's one thing I love about PowerPoint is whenever you click on something it gives you some extra options simply related to that tool which is great so then I want to go ahead and start this and this is a tricky point that a lot of students struggled with but if you want it to play across your presentation you have to click play across slide that's the one key point there. So then when you go into your slideshow, we have music on all our slides. And there's a beautiful picture of me that I changed the color to in PowerPoint. I'd love to see you show me how to do that in Google Slides, but uh, slam back at you, David. So it seems like PowerPoint is very limited in what it can do. Is that what you're saying, Josh? Oh. <laughs> I don't even think that warrants a response, Jeff. Well, look, I mean, all I'm going to say here, and I think the, the, the viewers out there can say is, look, we, we, we went through Google Slides, and we showed how sharing is easy, and we showed how you can import you know, this online stuff. And then we talked a little bit about PowerPoint and showed how it was easy. But the, like, there's questions coming up like, how do you share this stuff? How, how can you add graphics? How can you do all these different things? I got to tell you guys, I, I'm, not, I'm not down with the slides yet. And I'm certainly not down with the PowerPoint. I got to tell you, I really believe that that keynote, it's, it's – my kids would call it the bomb diggity. I know. I just said it. But I, I really do believe Keynote is where it is. And look, I got to tell you, I use Google Slides all the time. After I'm done using Keynote, I save things in Google Slides. Let me share with you a little bit about why Keynote is good. Let me pull this up here. There is a picture of the Edu triplets. And by the way, they also 
like to use Keynote. So Keynote, of course, is an Apple product, and it, it is it is iCloud-based, which means much like Google, it is also found anywhere. You can go to iCloud.com, and you can access or create. Much like Google Slides, Keynote is free. You can use that stuff. And so there's a lot of neat things. First of all, I want to create a new document, and there is a plethora of amazingly beautiful, and I got to say, much better than Google Slides, much better backgrounds. Let's just take this one here, and we're going to create a basic slide. Now, in order to create, you know, new things, we can simply come in here, and let's, you know, we can create a new slide like this. And if you notice, it already has beautiful graphics that you can do. If you want to add a title, we can just click on here and go. Uh, we can put the word title here, and we can put a subtitle. We can say, this is better than Google Slides. We can make this really, really simple. In order to change the size of these, I'm just simply going to go on the trackpad, and I'm just going to resize it. Look, this is so difficult. This is only two fingers that I need to do all this stuff. I'm not sure how many buttons it takes PowerPoint to do so. If I want to, I can come on over here and I can add a graphic just by dragging it in. It's so simple. I can rotate it. I can move it around. But you know what? I want to do something different to that. I want it to make it look, you know, kind of stylish. So let's just put, oh, isn't that so easy to do? We're just going to put a little border on here. We can put a drop shadow on here. We can do, oh, we, look, see how that reflection looks? Oh, the drop shadow. This is wonderful look at how easy this is folks this is so much better and so much easier i think than powerpoint and google slides so let's add another slide down here and we're just going to call this slide music and we're going to spell it the english way and in order to put music on here all we have to do is just take our music file and we're going to save it in here now one of the things about powerpoint one of the questions that came up is can you share PowerPoint files with everybody else. And the question is, yes, on PowerPoint, you have to save things as a package where PowerPoint will basically put everything into one big folder and have an EXE file. So that way, just in case somebody might not have the small fortune to purchase Microsoft PowerPoint, they can access it that way. Well, with Keynote, it's very, very simple because when you save everything, it saves it into one Apple bundle package. So look, I'm going to package this up for the next person. Commands S. I'm going to save it as Keynote demo. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to put it up here in iCloud. And it's just that simple. Um, I can hit the the, the, the play button here and let's see if I can get the sound to come out I don't know if you can hear that but it's just that simple another neat thing about this audio file here is I can easily go in and change the volume really simply I can even edit and trim where this audio file is so in other words if I only wanted to start at eight, 8 seconds and end at 17 seconds I certainly can and one of the cool parts about Keynote is when you save it, it gives you the option to optimize your media, and it'll actually take the audio that's not within that range, and it'll completely edit it out and delete it, hence making your file size lower. I can choose to repeat it, loop it. I can go back and forth. I can do a lot of things with that. Let me pull up a blank slide here, and I'm just going to call this one movie. And to put a movie in, look, it's just this simple, guys. And I'm going to slide this in here. It's going to insert the movie file. 
and it just couldn't be easier. I got to tell you, it couldn't be easier. All I'm going to do is I'm going to resize this for the thing. And look, if I want to watch this, I just simply hit the button here, and it pulls in this beautiful mosaic of, of connected educators. And look, this movie brings out to the teacher cast logo. Isn't that wonderful? And just like everything else, I can add a reflection. I can add some drop shadow. I can put a border on it if I want it to. I can do everything really, really easy to make this look cool. And again, just like the other stuff, if I want it to, I can edit the controls. So that way, let's just say I want it to start here in the movie. I can have it set up to start right there in the movie. Pretty simple, pretty easy. Um, animations couldn't be any easier. Let's just start with a new document. I'm going to create this here. I'm going to add this graphic here. And let's see. To animate it, all I have to do is do copy and paste. And then I'm going to move this down ever so slightly, copy, paste, move this down ever so slightly, copy, paste, and move this are, down ever so slightly. You have to use stop motion to animate in Keynote. Look at how easy this is. This couldn't be any easier. And Drop it in keyframes. All of these different things are available. And if I want to share it, I can share the link via iCloud. So you can then take over, much like Google Docs does. Very, very simple. I can share this out by email, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I can send a copy. I can airdrop this copy, which means if you are in a close proximity to this machine, I can airdrop it to you. Don't need to worry about that Google Drive thing that you people talk about. And it is very, very easy. Very, very simple. Um... I can do some pretty neat animations. So in other words, if I want to add an effect to this where I want this to dissolve in, I can certainly do that. I can have it drift and scale. I can have it move in. I can do an awful lot of things to make it animate that way as well. Poo-poo on what you guys just said. I can have it come in and I can add an effect so I can rotate it that way. So let's do this particular side when I hit play. It's going to come in. And then it's going to rotate. And I, I don't know. I don't see that happening on Google Slides. So we can do an awful lot of stuff here. Um, as far as speaker notes goes, let's see. How do I get to speaker notes? I forget all that stuff. Ah, oh, I forgot. Speech. Speech is amazing. I can go to speech here. I can start speaking. And let's see here. Speech, 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 speech. Where does it go? Um, you know, I really don't play with this feature, but it really is simple to put speech in here let me see do, 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 do. insert speech you know honestly i haven't tried this yet but it's a really really cool feature where you can dictate into it so there's an awful lot of neat things to do here if, of course if i want i can add shapes and i can add charts i can add sizes i can do anything that i need to on here and i gotta tell you i think Keynote is one of the best kept secrets out there. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And, you know, even tomorrow in my class, I'll be doing my presentations off of Keynote because also I even forgot to tell you the best part. Your iPhone or your iPad, thanks to the Apple Remote app and also thanks to the Apple Keynote app, which is free, by the way, also turns into your clicker. I mean, how many times are you going to a conference or, or doing a presentation where there's no clicker? You always have it in your pocket right now. As long as you're on the same Wi-Fi network, your keynote automatically hooks up to your iPhone and you have your clicker with you no matter where you are. Take that. 
But when you're sharing your keynote presentation with people, I mean, how is that different than like emailing them an attachment? Like here is the most recent version of this file. I now send it to you either through iCloud or AirDrop or whatever it is that we're using to, to transfer that. And then the other person picks it up and then works on it and then they have to then save it and then re-upload it. I mean, there's no way for you to Not work at the same time on this document, right? Actually, no. Thanks to iCloud and the new way that iCloud is, is being able to work here, um, you can have two people working on the same documents, whether it be pages, uh, keynotes, uh, uh, numbers. You can have more than one person working on the same document. Hmm. And I don't know. I at least the last numbers I saw, like eighty percent of the phones shipped were Android phones. So um, Keynote works pretty well on an Android phone, right? Keynote works amazingly well on an Android phone, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Let's find out right now. Yeah, why don't you why don't you uh, airdrop me? Uh, and do you know why it can work well on an on an Android phone? That's because you can export it and you can do things with it, and it's going to be fun. And I'm going to edit this part out so nobody else sees it. <laughs> well, you know, one that I we haven't really touched on yet that's been one of my all-time favorites. Solve some of the problems that you guys are talking about. You know, it's it. Can we do the voiceovers? Can we do the music? And can it be in the cloud so that everybody can access it? Uh, and that tool is Prezi. So if you guys don't mind, I'd like to spend a minute talking about some of Prezi's cool features. Go for it. Go. Awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen once again, get my face off of there. All right. So Prezi. Uh, if you haven't visited Prezi in the last year, if you haven't visited Prezi in two years, if you you know caught the Prezi fever about three years ago and were like, this is kind of tough. I don't want to mess with this anymore. Well, come on back, because Prezi got kind of awesome, and it got a lot easier to use. So it's going to ask you, like every other program, it seems, except for Google Slides, whether you want a template. I say no, especially when working with students, because you end up with a lot of extra stuff that really takes away from what you're trying to do. And I like to have students create and design it from scratch, uh, simply because I think the designs they come with are, are a little too much at first. So I'm going to start... From blank. All right. Prezi, pretty easy to add text. It's a blank canvas. Uh, they do have some templates you can put in here to put in text, but you can also double click anywhere and put in text there as well. All right. However, the coolest feature of Prezi, even though you can go in and you can insert images, YouTube videos, uh, you can have shapes and arrows. I'll talk about the background music and the voiceovers in a second. Uh, the coolest feature are, are the animations and the way you can make your presentation flow and visually do things. So this is why I like Prezi. It's, it's much more engaging naturally without being distracting. It pulls people in. Like I just pulled you into this O. <laughs> now I can edit my path. And I can click on this. And now, when I present, sucks you right in. And that movement back and forth is fluid and it's natural. And it really grabs attention. The other part that's pretty cool here as well 
is the ability to voice over any step. So if you have pictures, so I'm a person who's very into visual presentations. I don't like much text. I subscribe, I don't even subscribe to the six by six rule. I subscribe to the like one by six rule, like one sentence tops, you know, six words, no more than that. I want presentations to be very visual. Uh, so with that being the case, that's where voiceovers can really help. Let's say if you have students working on this and they're and they might be sick or they won't be able to be there, they're on vacation. Kids go on vacation all the time. Wait till March. You'll have an army of kids out every week, it seems. Uh, being able to put their voice on here and turn in remotely can flip the script a little bit on those presentations. And they can do it slide by slide so they don't have to record all by once, or all at once, rather. So if I go in an insert and I click on this step here, I can add voiceover to this path. And you would record the audio clip first in something like Audacity. And then you could insert it right in here and it would play it right over the top. So if I had one available, that would work pretty smoothly right there. So Prezi, once again, all online, easy to share out. Plus, the other cool thing with Prezi is that uh, it is shareable and you can collaborate on it with somebody else at the same time. Awesome, so I'm, I got my iPad out, I'm ready to roll with it, so uh, how do I get started with Prezi on an iPad? Oh, no, uh, okay, no, that, no, okay. Uh, there, there is a Prezi app, I swear. There there, is a Prezi there, app. I, I have heard of this Prezi app for iPad as well. There is one. Uh, jo Josh, has a, there's another question coming in. Can you manipulate it using only one arm? Can you manipulate a Prezi with one arm? Uh, if you only had one arm, let's just say. Sure, why not? This zooming? I'm doing this with one hand, right on my right on my pad right here. Or there are some zoom buttons over here. That's all taken one hand. And I'm not screen sharing, so you couldn't see any of that. But... But we got to watch you, and that was much better. Yeah, as I was, like, super focused on what I was doing, thinking that nobody was watching me. It's a good thing I didn't do something else. All right. Yeah, right over here on the left, you can zoom in, zoom out. All of this is one clicking. In fact, I've got one hand behind my back right now. So does Waka. Yeah. Waka, see, Waka understands, too. Walking yeah. knows you, man. Uh, so, Josh, there is there is a Prezi app. I know we use it in the lower school here. Have you uh, messed around with it at all on the iPad? I have. Are sadly they not. similar? Are they different? Are they are they compatible? Uh, well, obviously they're compatible, but are they sort of equal in terms of what you can do with them? Not owning an iPad, uh, it's it's hard for me to say much about it. So, my honest answer there. <clears throat> Questions coming in here. Does everybody need to have a Prezi account to collaborate on it? I believe so. You can sign up for free accounts. Educators can also sign up for a little bit of an upgraded account for free. Uh, but, yes, you would need an account to collaborate, I believe. Nice. So we've talked a little bit about Google Slides. We've talked a little bit about PowerPoint. We've talked a little bit about Keynote. We've talked a little bit about uh, Prezi. Sam, you haven't had a chance to share your product yet. What are you going to be sharing with us today? Well, what I'm talking about today is Haiku Deck. And while it's great to have a platform that can do a lot of different things, when I'm working with students, I want a platform that's going to help them 
not make presentations that are horribly boring. Because one of the problems with a lot of the preloaded templates in standard presentations like bullet points, etc., is they make it really easy for students to make really bad presentations. So actually, when we teach presentations, I like to not use the word presentation, and I say we're doing TED Talk skills. And Haiku Deck helps me teach students TED Talk skills a couple of ways. One, it's really hard to put too many words on a Haiku Deck slide. And two, the presentation mode on the iPad makes it easy to share to the Apple TV in the room, and then the student can see their presenter notes on the iPad in front of them. So they not only practice making presentations that are not horribly boring and abusive to the audience, but they get to practice being an active presenter, reading presenter notes, and communicating with an audience both visually and by what they're saying without having the audience be distracted and reading their slides before they have a chance to read the slides to the audience. Um, so let me show you that real quick here. We're going to go and we're going to share this screen. So what I've got loaded here is my Haiku deck, and this is a presentation I made on the coding lesson for a, I was working at a conference presenting about coding in the classroom. And if we go into this just in the present, presenter mode, you can see that I do have a couple of slides with bullet points, but I've got these really great visuals. And I was able to come up with these visuals really quickly. And even the slides with bullet points, they're not crowded bullet points, right? If you think of a lot of times in presentation, we'll talk about the rule of seven, where you don't want more than seven bullet points and you don't want more than seven words per bullet point. So here on this slide, you can see that I've followed that rule and I've filled the slide and it looks good. Let's go out for a second and show you what it looks like when you're actually creating something. If I make a new presentation, we're going to call this Tech Educator. And it loads up the slides. And once I get there, I have a couple of choices of themes. Now, if I want to pay more, I can get access to more themes. But even in a free account, I have a decent access to themes. And then over here, I can select the slide format. We've got a numbered list, a bulleted list, a title slide. We're going to choose the title slide. And then I can do an image search. So let's do an image search for, I don't know, something that we ought to be able to uh, find some good images for. Now here we've searched for Puppet, and one of my favorite Haiku Deck images comes up. Now, what I just searched was Haiku Deck's library of images. And these images are actually Creative Commons licensed, and when you show the presentation, it actually automatically tags the image as to who the creator is. So it takes care of my students whom I'm always telling, look, you have to credit your images. It takes care of them for that. Now, in this one, there's a problem with this. It's blocking the, the Stormtrooper's face. So I can go into template, and I can change how that looks. And then, bang, I've got a Pikachu puppet and two Stormtroopers, which, you know, is 
almost us on any good night, right? And then I can click over here to the presenter notes, and you can see that I have both private notes and public notes. The public notes are going to be visible on the web page if someone were to visit this online, because I can share my haiku deck online. And the private notes are only going to be visible to me when I'm giving a presentation. Now, Haiku Deck isn't just on the iPad. There's also a web-based Haiku Deck. So really, whichever platform you're working on, if you have a fully capable browser on that platform or in that tool, you can use Haiku Deck. So while I'll totally cede the point that you can't do voiceovers and there aren't that many animations, if your goal is to get your students oh. making good presentations quickly, where they're being responsible with how they're sourcing their images, and when they present, they're reading off of their notes and not off of their slides. Haiku Deck makes that easy all the way across the board. I've got a blog post I did a little while ago about that, and I'll include that in the show notes, too, and I'll probably drop it into the chat here. Um, what questions do we have about Haiku Deck, guys? Costs. Another qu question about the pictures. Um, so it's drawing, so that's a specific collection of photographs owned or curated or managed somehow specifically for haiku or are they drawing from a larger common uh, usage collection of pictures are they drawing from like a Flickr creative commons folder like where are these pictures coming from uh, that's a, that's a great question because these pictures are um, I think curated would be a good way to say it. Some of them you can find if you just do your own Creative Commons search. Some of them are owned by Haiku Deck. Part of their monetization model is that some of these images are free, but they're also premium images. So while you get some free themes, you can also get images that you pay for as well as themes that you pay for. But in the search settings on the app, you can tell it to not show you any images that are premium images or not to put the premium images up front. Um, so I, all, I love working with Haiku Jack just because the images are really awesome. I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun and in a way they get me. Um, it's taking a second to share here, save here. But I did a presentation this summer about flipping my classroom, and the theme was that flipping my class allows me to time travel. So I started searching for Doctor Who images, and yes. I was astonished with how many awesome Doctor Who images there are. Because while you may not be able to have great, you know, licensed images from the TV show, anybody who has, let's say, their own TARDIS and sets that up on the desk awesome. We'll have to edit in the sound effect for that, right? Um, you know, has that thing on their desk or the action figures and takes a picture of it, can share that picture and it can be Creative Commons licensed without infringing on the original copyright. Mm -hmm. So while taking an image out of the Star Wars movie would not be legal, taking an image of a Star Wars action figure is. So there's a lot of these really nice kind of do-it-yourself homemade scene images that show up in Haiku Deck that are really usable. Um, here, I'll click over and show you the, uh, the Doctor Who set that I found. So here you can see that we have 
Yes. One of my favorite doctors with the awesome scarf, right, standing in front of the TARDIS. And on the next slide, we've, you know, talking about barriers to flipping your class, the Daleks are a barrier to all things good in the universe and time. Um, there's nothing, you're able to bring in your own images. That's uh, Nathan Stevens. If you don't know him on Twitter, you should really check him out. He's a lot of fun. Um, and this is another image that actually, when I searched for flipped learning on Haiku Deck, this was an image that came up and I was blown away because there are people in that Twitter stream that I follow to learn about flipped class learning. So this was in Haiku Deck, but Cheryl Morris is like my, one of my go-to sources for flip, flip class. Um, there's just some really great iconic images where they add to the presentation without, you know, detracting from it. And then there's all of this stuff, right, where, okay, obviously I'd run out of Doctor Who images that I found, but here we have a Lego version of the car from Back to the Future, right? So you can see Doc in Lego minifig form driving the DeLorean there, um, urging us to use recordings to break the oppressive linear nature of time, which I can almost hear in Christopher Lloyd's voice, right? And you know, the wonderful thing about this image library is it's pretty focused and the images are, are all pretty inspiring. So I was really happy to find this tool and to be able to use it to create really engaging images. And even if I don't use Haiku Deck for my entire slide deck, I usually use it to build the key slides. And then maybe I'll dump those slides, export them, as JPEGs and dump them into, say, Google Presentation or something like that if I need it to be in that format so I can do some more conventional slides. But as far as creating a visually captivating presentation quickly and giving my student a tool where it's easy for them to do the right thing, I think Haiku Deck's the way to go. Can you add video to a Haiku Deck? No. No, okay. okay. So we've gone through several in uh, se several different presentation type tools. Sam, you put together a form for voting, didn't you? Tell us a little bit about what you've just put out there on the, uh, on, on the chat room here. Well, in the chat, we've got a quick form for voting where you can vote for which presentation tool is your favorite and tell us why. And we can include that information in the show notes because really it's about a lot more than what we think because obviously we don't agree. Um, but getting information from teachers about what tools they're using and why. So please, uh, can you actually, Sam, can you re-stick that information back on the chat? Yep, going to do it now. And we will definitely make sure that we put this in our show notes. This is, of course, Tech Educator Podcast, episode number 68. And so we have a, uh, a you know, please take a moment to vote. We We will... I don't know. Maybe we'll announce the winners next week. Or maybe we can even put the link on the show notes to the voting site. Guys, we have a great show coming up next week. We're doing high-tech ways to communicate with parents and students. So please join us next week. We're going to be talking about how are you communicating? Why are you communicating? Are you using email? Are you using Remind? Are you doing blog posts? What are the different methodologies for high-tech communication? Um, we're going to have some administrators on. We're going to have some of our tech educator co-hosts on. And we're going to talk about ways that you can communicate. And that doesn't necessarily just mean one-way communications. For instance, we're even going to talk to Waka next week and show why Waka is a great way to communicate with parents 
through that magic of puppetness. Sam, I know you do a little bit of work with that. Just a little preview for next week. Talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you do with Waka that might be help communicate what your in-classroom stuff is doing and how they can use it outside. Sure. Um, I actually brought Waka with me to back to school night. And I mean, I'm just really engaging to all audiences and I'm a little different than what they expect. So when they see him, they're like, oh, boring white guy, Ugh, too bad. But then they see me and they're like, hey, that's different. He's orange. I don't I haven't talked to anybody orange yet today. Um, it also, you know, he's an amazing communication tool because he has no ears. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What? What? <laughs> because humor is a very important part of communication. And I think everybody who goes into any interaction has a set of expectations. And bringing a puppet into that interaction allows you to really disarm them and get them to separate themselves from what their expectations for that interaction are. And they actually end up having a more genuine in-the-moment interaction because they're a little surprised by what's going on. So that is what's going to be happening next week, October 5th. October 12th, we're going to be talking about Google Scripts and also also, and other awesome add-ons. I can't talk tonight. And uh, then we're going to be going into some coding. Sam, you're also up, up on deck with that one. Talk to us a little bit about some of the coding shows we have coming up here. Well... For the the third and fourth shows in October, we're going to be talking about coding. And actually, David, Josh, and I are all part of this group, Coding Connects, where we're connecting programmers and teachers. So what we're looking to do is get every teacher who's interested, and even those who aren't yet, ready to <laughs> use coding in the classroom to teach their content area knowledge. Uh, just this week, I was talking to the good folks at Code2Learn.org, an organization started by Mitch Resnick, the inventor of Scratch. And we've been talking about how to use coding to teach kids who can't yet read to read. Um, there's a lot of great stuff we have about using coding to teach STEM, to teach math, to teach science. Um, what we find, the more we get into it, the more we look at it, is coding isn't necessarily a content area so much as a mode of learning. And we're going to get into that more in our shows. Nice. So check us out. We have a lot of great shows coming up. We are here, of course, live every single Sunday night. I want to say a great big huge thank you to those in the chat box, specifically uh, uh, Jeannie, Sam, David, Peggy, Craig, Tim, Francis, everybody else who's out there. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We are here live every single Sunday at 7 o'clock. We are the Tech Educator Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, check us out live on our website, techeducatorpodcast.com. Please stick around. We have an exciting episode of the 32nd Podcast with our good buddy Brad Gustafson coming up right after these words. <laughs> 